Hey guys, I'm Michael Carboni. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, and this is our new theme song. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. How was that theme song, Cubs? Fuck, mate, I'm rocking out just to myself here in the mobile studio, just playing air guitar. Doesn't <laughs> don't you want to like? When was the last time you laced on a boot? Oh, easy five six years ago. Don't you want to just lace on a boot, get out there, tackle some? Well, I've, I've tried. I'm reaching out to RS Eagles. Everything. No one, <laughs> no one wants. No one wants you. Well, mate, we want you. We're glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. It's been a couple of weeks. So I had a great episode last week with Clarky. That was a good episode. I really enjoyed listening. To yeah, that. thanks, man. I was a bit worried, you know, NRL. Full episode dedicated. Yeah, well, I'm just glad I got it out of my system. We're going back to normal this week. Um, We're going to be talking about three awesome topics. We'll be talking Toulouse, who stunned the Toronto Wolfpack over in the championship. We'll give you a full review of the game. We're going to have some special guests uh, giving us their feedback as well, which I'll talk a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. We're going to talk about the Cook Islands, mate. They could be rejecting the one-off test against Fiji. That's big news. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to deep dive into some expansion opinions. Of course, we're going to have golden points as usual, everyone's favourite favorite segment. And, uh, mate, it's going to be a good one. But, yes, you did hear at the top of the show our new theme song. We're going to say a big thank you, Ash Barco from Barco Studios and Ricky Cancino from Latin band Veneno. Ricky's been listening since episode one and, mate, uh, Ch- Chilean background. So he's... Uh, You'll be excited about the golden points tonight. Then. Definitely. Ricky, if you're listening, mate, little spoiler alert, there will be some Chilean news in the golden points. Mate, another another one that we need to say thank you to, Stuart McLennan. He's the RS uh, Eagles coach. He joined us a few weeks ago, actually, with a little segment uh, about the Greek Rugby League. He wrote. He's also a freelance journalist, wrote an article about our show on Everything Rugby League. So thanks to the guys at Everything Rugby League for that publishing. That was a great read as well. Man, it was pretty cool. Uh, I learned a little bit about myself reading it. I thought it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> it makes it sound good anyway. <laughs> hey, mate, Stuart made us sound like absolute legends. <laughs> if you haven't read it yet, we'll, we'll put the link up in our show notes. But once again, Everything Rugby League, they've been supporters of the show for a long time. They've been sharing us, following us, all sorts of good things. So uh, fantastic. And, uh, mate, if you haven't, guys, if you haven't read it yet, please do so. Uh, Jake, why don't we get stuck into our topics tonight? Let's get into it, mate. Well, the Toronto Wolfpack's undefeated streak for 2019 is over, Jake. Toulouse Olympique, they've pulled off a huge victory in the championship. They've won 46-16. to I woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning, saw that scoreline, and I thought, ah, you know, Toronto's done it again. But then got a message from you later that morning saying, what about Toulouse? Had a look, second time around, I thought, oh, shit. Well, like, usually that message I sent you would be, did you get up and watch the game, Cubs? But unfortunately, for some reason, this game was not televised. Well, it wasn't televised uh, or live streamed. The reason being is uh, Sky Sports, they don't record in France. So unfortunately, we didn't get to see that. But we have seen some highlights. 
We have read some uh, match reports. We've even translated a few from French, French to English, mate. So, so we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that in a sec. But we wanted to get the big guns involved as well. So I don't know if you've listened to these guys, Jake, but there's a podcast called The Howlin' Hour. So two guys from Canada, Gareth and Rob, big Toronto Wolfpack fans, and I would say that their podcast is probably the the official, unofficial podcast of the Toronto Wolfpack. It's where I get most of my Wolfpack news. Uh, and we spoke to the guys during the week and asked them to give us their thoughts on the match, but also give us their thoughts on the popularity of the Toronto Wolfpack over in Canada in general. Uh, this is what they had to say. Let's cross over to them. And then when they come back, uh, when they're done, We'll come back and uh, review the game from our end and tie things up as well on this topic. What do you reckon? Sounds good, mate. So over to Gareth and Rob from the Howlin' Hour. Take it away, boys. All right, you want to say that cheesy line you wrote down? Which one, about flat earthers or chasing kangaroos? Either one. Flat earth is not cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, have you ever chased a kangaroo? No. Why the hell would you, right? I've never been to Australia, but if I am, I'm going to run after one. Although I hear they kick. They kick very, I mean, look, you go to Australia, nine out of 10 things are trying to kill you, or at least have the, the ability to kill you. I'll kick the shit out of a kangaroo. <laughs> Good luck with that one. I'm going to stick to chasing beavers, I know they're moose, pretty tough. and grizzly bears. I'll look out for moose and grizzly bears will kill kangaroos easy. Yeah, I mean, just based on size alone. Anyway, let's roll with this. Let's go with it. Why not? All right, we're very happy to be doing a, a segment for some friends down in Australia, the Chasing Kangaroos. That's it, Chasing Kangaroos podcast. Thanks for having us on board, boys. Yeah, so, so maybe this is something we'll do throughout the year. Uh, we'll uh, keep these guys updated on what's happening with the Toronto Wolfpack, uh, and uh, maybe we'll go back and forth on this. If they give a shit, then yeah, why not? Yeah, so uh, just in the immediate news, the uh, Toronto Wolfpack suffering their first defeat of the season. They were 5-0 and going into this game against uh, a bit of a rival, the Toulouse Olympique team they uh, battled last year quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And we're used to saying the scoreline was a, a little to a lot in favor of the Wolfpack. This time it was a little to a lot in favor of Toulouse. 46-16 shit-kicking. Yeah, the uh, the game at halftime was actually... Actually, the Wolfpack were leading 16-6 to at halftime. Uh, and then Toulouse roared, roared back with about 30 or 40 unanswered points. 40 on, yeah, 40 unanswered points in the second half. Their coach must have given them an absolute dressing down and a bit of the hairdryer treatment there because they came out firing and stomped us. Uh, well, Toulouse is a, a very solid squad. They have a great coach. They brought a lot of players back from last season. Um, and they're a team that believes they can get uh, promoted to Super League along with the Wolfpack. So they are a team that uh, was never going to back down and is, is kind of always probably going to be a thorn in the side of the Wolfpack the yeah, rest of the season. A- absolutely. Typically un-French. You know, normally sitting there speaking about the French, oh, would you like to buy this rifle? Never used, only dropped once. They're 16-6 down at halftime. They come back and, uh, and stomp us. So... Yeah, good effort by Toulouse there. They were dominant and surgical in their attack, and uh, the Wolfpack looked gassed, and uh, yeah, their defense was softer than baby shit. Uh, well, one thing we talked about on our show was the um, you know Wolfpack are playing all road games because they don't come to Canada until the snow melts. Um, so this is their sixth con- consecutive road game. Uh, they had to fly down to France. They're usually taking a bus on some crowded highway in northern England. Yeah, absolutely. It's still a concept uh, that completely defeats the majority of the, the flat cappers over in northern England who are anti-Wolfpack. The concept of six feet of snow on the ground defeats them. Yeah, and this is uh, so, so there's a lot of big sentiment in northern England about uh, anti-expansionism and Toronto and Toulouse are two uh, very successful expansion teams. Yeah, apparently they, uh, they like keeping it in the village up in northern England there. Do they? What do you mean by that? Oh, they just, you know, the growth of the game or the, the success of the game is uh, is definitely hinging on uh, these local village derbies of, you know, 
Jewsbury versus Jewsbury or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, this this is a game that, uh, you know, I, I think the Wolfpack were a little disadvantaged coming in. They've had quite a few injuries, especially to their forwards uh, coming in, and uh, Toulouse caught them at the right time. And uh, I'm sure the Wolfpack will bounce back. Uh, they weren't going to go undefeated, and uh, a little step up six games into the season is not a big deal. Yeah, a healthy gut check there, I think, for the Wolfpack. It's, if they did manage to go unbeaten all through the season, then, you know, complacency can set in and come the uh, the final hurdle getting into the Super League that's when it could all go to pot and no, I, you know what we're all right with that loss um, so just a, a few thoughts on the Wolfpack's popularity you know we're uh, three seasons in now um, you know at the end of last season we saw quite a peak in popularity the million pound game I think there was 9,200 fans there. Yeah, 92-66 attending that game in a capacity at the stadium, I think, of 96? About 96, yeah. yeah. So near, near capacity at the Lamport Stadium at the Den there, which is fantastic. And, you know, the guys, we were averaging a little over 6,900 in uh, average attendance there, which is when you compare it to some of the Super League clubs, we were kind of like, I think, 7th or 8th in average attendance out of 12 Super League clubs. Yeah, so we're expecting that uh, attendance to increase actually this year. Uh, it incre- increased about 10% from the uh, first season. Um, and at that million pound game last year, the uh, final game, you know, we have about two, two or three sports channels in Canada. We have two. Um, so just we had uh, all three local newspapers. We had national newspapers there. We had uh, three or four national networks covering that game. So it was just, uh, it was covered across the board in uh, Canadian media. Yeah, coast to coast, which for a country of this size is uh, impressive. Especially for a sport that's, you know, really still quite unknown. Yeah, and the Wolfpack are uh, getting some popularity in other places like Australia. We have uh, quite a few fans there, uh, China, the Middle East. So uh, Wolfpack uh, seems to be all good from this point forward, uh, other than like a a step up, a loss, uh, attendance, popularity, everything is soaring. Yeah, absolutely. Long may it continue, right? Uh, Absolutely. And uh, even, you know, rumors of further expansion here in, uh, in North America with additional pro teams hopefully joining the, uh, the English Rugby Leagues. Uh, at the moment, you've got the New York City bid, which, um, you know, rumor is that they're going to get uh, rejected because they're leaving it. The RFL are leaving that up to, you know, the teams in League One and the championship to, to decide whether to decide their fate, which I think is ridiculous. It's New York City, for Christ's sake. Just say yes. Yeah, so basically uh, on the heels of the uh, success of the Wolfpack, uh, a group from New York has come in and they have millions. Certainly they have a huge... I heard they have 55 million US dollars to cover the first three or four seasons of their existence. That's amazing. And there's a very good chance that uh, the RFL is going to say no to them. Um, So... Well, I don't think it's necessarily the RFL. I think the RFL want them. I think it's the teams in League One and Championship. But could be wrong. Um, so we, we're, we are desperately hoping for, a, not desperately, but we really want to see a, another expansion team in North America. New York has been thrown out there. Um, some Canadian cities like Montreal, Halifax, Hamilton, as well as uh, some smaller American cities like Jacksonville, Philadelphia have been thrown out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, rumors that uh, there are actually bids creeping up that are trumping the New York City bid, which I find hard to believe, but we'll see what happens as time plays out. Yeah, I, I asked uh, Wolfpack owner David Argyle, I said, within uh, three years, will we see a North American team uh, playing a second one? And he said, yes, absolutely. Yeah, which is great news for us. I think we're very excited for that. So not that he knows, but he's uh, he's an optimist like we are, uh, and he expects that it should and will happen. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to that. Um, so uh, any predictions for the rest of the year? Like, uh, what can you tell you about this competition, the championship, and this battle for promotion to uh, Super League? Uh, I'm predicting, you know, Wolfpack to lose are going to be the two teams that really stand out and shine by the end of the season. I think that could be the the final game to see who makes promotion because now it's just one up, one down. 
Um, but it's, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. There's going to be a lot of challenge coming in from, uh, you know, your witness Vikings who, despite getting docked 12 points for going into administration, are, uh, you know, back up and running and they've won their first two games back and they're sitting on minus four, but looking like they could quite comfortably make the top five for the playoff stint. Yeah, and uh, Featherstone Rovers, Lee Centurions, a couple uh, championship stalwart teams are going to be in the mix and have something to say before this is done. Yeah, including a couple of new boys to the championship there in the uh, the form of York City Knights and uh, Bradford Bulls making their renaissance comeback. Uh, you know, the original home of the Burgess brothers. So we'll see what happens there. So uh, championship second tier uh, in the UK, there's, a, there's, there's really six or seven very strong teams. Um, and definitely three or four that can make a claim uh, to be the best and have a chance at promotion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we fully expect that the Wolfpack will be in that final game. Um, whether they win or loss, win or lose, who knows. But uh, I think we would be definitely shocked if they weren't at least in that final game. Definitely. Going to be in the mix. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to be depressed. I will be depressed either. And nobody will be asking for a segment from us again. No, definitely not. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, thanks very much, guys. Really appreciate you having us on the, uh, on the show. And uh, best luck for the future. Okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll check you guys out and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again. Okay, cheers guys. Bye. Well, thanks Gareth and Rob. Mate, I reckon a kangaroo would kick a fucking grizzly bear's ass if you ask me. <laughs> Definitely. They're pretty brutal kangaroos. <laughs> they got no idea. And not only do they kick boys, but their tails are fucking like, like the thickest baddest whips. <laughs> Let me say, if you hit one with a car, you'll know about it. If you hit a kangaroo <laughs> with a car, that kangaroo will just jump away and, mate, you'll, you'll be needing a new car, that's for sure. So grizzly bears, fucking moose, beavers, whatever you want, throw them all at us. we got nothing on kangaroos. Mate, no way. Mate, Bob, Jake, what, mate, what do you reckon about some really interesting insights there? So thank you, boys. And, look, we will definitely have them back uh, towards the end of the year especially. I want to get them on for a full episode to talk Toronto Wolfpack. Hopefully it'll be when they're in the grand final of the championship fighting for a place in Super League. But let's see if we can line things up and let's see uh, how things go for the Wolfpack. But Jake, let's talk about the match. Uh, they didn't. It was funny seeing how confident these boys were from Toronto. They just lost 46 to 16. Uh, but Gareth and Rob talking about the grand final. <laughs> they're just... they were very quick to brush it away. Mate, what do you think of the game from what we were able to see and read? I mean, from the highlights, it's hard to tell, get a complete read of the whole game, the way it went. Yep. But very simple form of it is Toronto looked very comfortable in the first half. They were running all over them. I yep. honestly thought they were going to run away the game again. Well, 16-6 si- then... at halftime. Toulouse scored 40 unanswered points in that second half. That's a point a minute for anyone that uh, that isn't sure. <laughs> but... um. They just looked good in that second half. Oh, the didn't second they? half was very impressive. I love the style of play they do. A lot of offloads, a lot of second phase play. I reckon it's really exciting the way they play. It's it's a side that's been together for a little while. Um, for me, the standouts were the halfback Stan Robin. So he's a French halfback. Good he's player. played, played he's five. A good player. Pretty good man. Two tries in the beginning of that second half, and then the fullback. I think it's Mark uh, Mark Kerrilera. He was he scored two tries as well. Kicked nine mm-hmm. goals from nine attempts. So absolutely, he, he beat the Wolfpack on his own in terms of points. Um, he's actually played four games at fullback for France as well. Uh, he's, he's Australian born, born in Darlinghurst. Well, for, but for any diehard Roosters fans, he actually debuted for you guys in 2014. And he played the one game, didn't score, didn't kick any goals in that one. But he did debut. And he's doing well for Toulouse at the moment. So those guys really stood out. And I think Toulouse, they started off slow for the season, but they have announced themselves. They said, Toronto, this isn't just your competition. We are here. 
we won a place in the Super League, and I can't wait for it. That's a good streak to lose. Well, mate, well, they lost their first couple, so they're, they're back on track. Um, their next match is going to be 23rd of June. It's going to be at Lamport Stadium, so Wolfpack's home ground, and that one will be televised. That's good. So that's we'll good. be getting up for that one. We'll get up for that one. We can't wait. Um, man, it's it's just funny that this game for me had like I was. I was anticipating this match more than any Super League game that was on over the weekend. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so and I think a lot of people were, so it's a real shame that it didn't get televised. Jake, record crowd. Man, that was impressive. 6,103 people. It's an attendance record for Toulouse, which I think is a pretty impressive crowd for a championship game. Fantastic. It's a second division game, getting crowds that are similar to what a lot of Super Not League far off Super League games. And when you think about it too, so a lot of the Super League, they always a lot of the Super League clubs go on about uh, the away fans being so important to their gate takings. Um, I don't think Toronto brought many away fans. You wouldn't imagine. So to get 6,000 goes to show what the brand of the Toronto Wolfpack means over there and just how popular the sport can be in France as well. So fantastic work, fantastic work there. Uh, Jake, what's next for both of these teams? Uh, so next, Toulouse will play 10th place Barrow Raiders. Yep. <clears throat> as they now aim for five wins in a row. They're in the top four now, Toulouse, so I'd like to think they would keep trying to try to keep winning. Well, they're uh, fourth on eight. They're only two behind the Wolfpack, who are on, on 10 and coming first. Yep. Who are the Wolfpack? Uh, Toronto will play Batley Bulldogs, who are currently running in 11th. So you would think that both teams would get back into the winner's circle. That Toronto game is actually part of a double header for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, so they should be easy games for Toulouse and Toronto next week, but I guess you can't be too sure with Toronto at the moment. They've got slammed in this match, and um, they are very lucky to de- defeat Dewsbury last week. Obviously, we remember they came back from 17-4 down to win. As the Howling Hour guys said, they're doing a lot of travel. When I'm sure they're taking its toll. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think they'll definitely come into their stride once they get back on Canadian soil for a few home games. It's what happened last year. They had a good run towards the end. Yeah, um, I, and think I think we'll see the same. It'll probably happen again. Mate, I've got a burning question for you. So both of these clubs, big expansion clubs, We'd love to see them both in the Super League, but if you had to choose between one or the other, who would you want to see there? It's a really tough question, mate, because it's obviously Toronto I've got a big soft spot for, but I also am starting to grow. Like more, The more we've done this podcast, I've grown on Toulouse. Yep. I think they're a really good team. They're exciting. The only reason I'm going to lean towards Toronto is because I think they have a bit more ability to draw star power, yep. which may lead to them being more successful in the Super League than Toulouse. But that's it's very hard for me because I I would presume if Toulouse were to go up, they would also attract star power. So I guess I don't know. It's really hard for me to pick. I'm going to give a slight preference to Toronto. Yeah, I think I'm with you, but I I understand, man. Like something about two French teams in the Super League would do amazing things um, for the sport in France. That local derby, Catalan versus Toulouse, would, would be, be incredible. Awesome. Um, but look, why not have both? As uh, that'd be the idea. As the girl from the old El Paso ad says. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, mate, I think that's plenty on the Wolfpack game against Toulouse. Thank you again to Gareth and Rob from the Howling Hour. Guys, you can check them out anywhere where you listen to our podcast. Uh, give them a listen. They're, they're a good laugh as well. They've got uh, plenty of great insights from a Canadian perspective. Um, so check those guys out. And, Jake, let's move on to topic number two. All right, Cubs, topic number two. Yeah, mate. So last week we learned that Fiji would take on the Cook Islands in a one-off test to be played as a curtain raiser to the PNG versus Samoa Oceania Cup match. I was pumped to hear it. 
Since then, we've seen that Cook Islands News has reported that the Cook Island team will instead play South Africa in a World Cup qualifier. Yeah, the, the Cook Islands Rugby League president, Charles Carlson, uh, says that the Fiji announcement was a mistake as the Cook Islands already have a World Cup qualifier that same weekend against South Africa. Um, I'm a little bit confused, Cubs. I remember you and Charlie talking about this a couple of episodes back. I wasn't involved. Yeah, but you were talking about the South Africa Rhinos pulling out of the World Cup qualifier. Yeah, so uh, look, originally the plan was the Cook Islands would play South Africa for a shot at the USA uh, in Jacksonville later this year, and the winner of that match would then get that final spot uh, in the 2021 World Cup. But what we heard and what we spoke about a few, what Charlie and I spoke about a few weeks ago, was that South Africa had pulled out, that we weren't sure what would be happening there, but uh, as weeks went on, it looked as though it would simply be the Cook Islands going up against the USA um, later on this year. Um, look, it is a little bit confusing. Uh, I think we're just waiting for the RLIF to come out and, and confirm this or, or, or I, I guess, let us know exactly what's going on. I think it just I'm excited to see Cook Islands play, to be honest. I haven't seen them play since 2017, so... Any game for them would be a plus, I think. Yeah, I wanted to see him play before that before that USA game at least yeah. too, just to see what make a game of it. Just to see well, to see what the sides are going to be looking forward to as well. We we look, we do know there's going to be a game. I think that the game against Fiji will take place. I think South Africa have pulled out. I just think the RLIF haven't told anyone, yes. including the Cook Islands, <laughs> which is like I know it sounds ridiculous, but. Like, I think that's what's actually happened. There's been a miscommunication. Don't quote me on that because I'm not 100% sure. This is just me reading between the lines. But I hope the RLIF, RLIF come out and explain this. And, uh, look, hopefully the Cook Islands are playing Fiji. That game's at Leichhardt Oval. So uh, you're thinking that'll be used as a trial match kind of for the USA game? One-off test. Uh, it'll be an opportunity for the Cook Islands to get together uh, before they play the USA in November and, and boy, isn't that going to be a good game. I think they're going to be stacked. Both teams will be stacked with a few heritage players on both sides. Yep. Hopefully we'll get some domestic guys on both sides as well. I know the USA would be keen to get some of, some of um, like your Jamil Robinsons, Brandon Andersons and all those sorts of you players like in there. So would, would love to see that happening. But, mate, I, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, and a little bit of interesting news as well in, uh, regarding the Cook Islands is that Next next year, we do know that the Kangaroos will be touring the UK, which means the winner of the Oceania Cup B will be promoted to Oceania Cup A, and uh, that opens up a spot in Oceania Cup B, which the Cook Islands, yeah. it has been confirmed, they'll be taking that spot. That's awesome. Very exciting times. And look, hopefully we can clear this up. Uh, I do hope the Cook Islands do play uh, Fiji because I think that'll be a cracker match uh, as a curtain raiser to um, Samoa and Papua New Guinea at Leichhardt Oval. And uh, either be, way, is good. I'll be watching the Cook Islands. 100%. So, Jake, as you know, last week I was joined by Dane Clark, Clarkie's NRL column. We had an all NRL episode. We're going to do it again next year, but I promise you there won't be any NRL episodes again for the rest That's of 2019. Really. It's all international rugby league, all expansion rugby league here at Chasing Kangaroos. But we did feature a lot of Q&As last week, uh, obviously from from the listeners. Obviously, we couldn't get to all of them. Uh, and there was a regular theme for a whole heap of them. And that theme was expansion. So we thought we'd discuss our opinions on expansion tonight. Uh, we're going to talk NRL expansion, but we're also going to talk Super League expansion 
Look, I'm not. Sh- we haven't discussed this together until tonight. Yes. This is the first time we've spoken about this. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Um, so let's 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 do it. Let's let's, get into it. let's see if we can come up with some solutions for the NRL and the Super League. So, look, the way I thought we could do this is, I think maybe we agree uh, to how many teams should be in the NRL. Yep. How many teams should be in the Super League? Talk about the expansion options, and then let's decide. Where we need to go. All right. So, mate, we'll start with the NRL. Um, Currently, 16 teams in the NRL competition. We've seen as many as 20 in the past. I think we can agree that's too many. 20 is too many. How many teams do you think the NRL can sustain? I always like an even number. Yeah. I think it eliminates the buy. It's good. Um, I'll go 18. Yeah. I think I also, I heard, I've heard uh, Todd Greenberg speak about how when they do eventually expand, it won't be a club. It'll be clubs, two clubs, because that extra game, that's going to be a moneymaker yep. uh, every week. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Let's agree 18 teams is where we're going. So let's talk about what some of these options could be. So one of the big ones is Brisbane 2 or another Queensland team. Tell yeah, me what well, you think about well, it. I like the idea of the second Brisbane team, always have. I was very excited when the Brisbane Bombers were making a plea to get join the NRL. You haven't heard much about them lately. Not lately, not of recent. I actually looked at their Facebook page the other day and there hasn't been an update for about six months now. So that's pretty sad. They seem to be dead in the water, but does that open it up for a Queensland Cup team with a little bit of history? So I'm talking like a Redcliffe Dolphins. Dolphins, Uh, You keep hearing about Ipswich Ipswich Jets as well. So Redcliffe's north of, or the northern end of Brisbane, Ipswich is more the southern end. Do any of those sides make the cut for you? Yeah, oh, look, I'd probably lean towards Redcliffe. I just think the main thing about Brisbane, I think another team definitely needs to be in there because it's such a big market. Yeah. And the Broncos take it all at the moment. And that's nothing against the Broncos. They've done well to do what they do. But I think there's definitely enough room there for another team to grow. Look, Brisbane is arguably the capital of the rugby league world. Uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't have a, a game every week in Brisbane. Um, I'm with you. I'm leaning towards Redcliffe. I don't know if they're called Redcliffe or if they're like, Brisbane Dolphins or a North Brisbane Dolphins or Sunshine Coast Dolphins. Yep. I don't know, but um, I've always liked Redcliffe. I think the Dolphins is an awesome brand. They've been it's around. Established club. They've been around for as long as, say, a Parramatta Eels or a Manly Seagulls. They've got a history. They've got a fan base, and um, I think that could be quite cool. Other options in around there have been um, a Central Queensland team we've heard about in the past, so that's more your Rockhampton or something like that. Uh, do you, do you think that's the way to go, or are we talking? It's a Brisbane. It's Brisbane, like Brisbane too, isn't it? I like Brisbane team. Yeah. Okay, so let's put Brisbane two on our short list. Um, what else have we got, Jake? Well, everyone, the obvious choice everyone seems to be leaning towards, and everyone's putting it through on the answers last week is Perth. Yeah. What do you think about Perth? I think Perth uh, was a missed opportunity with the Western Reds. I said it last week with Clarky. Um, I think. The Western Reds could have been anything by now if we stuck with them. I think it's a natural place to go. Um, I think what's interesting is I think the women's game is going to actually lead us into Perth. That would be interesting. Yes. Well, mate, I do. Why and do you think that? Because I just think we've got a few uh, female players in the NRLW who come from Perth. There's obviously an established base of players there. Um, I think it makes, it makes sense to have a team over there and they can open up that market for us. Um, I do think, though, that I, I said this last week as well, so I won't talk about it too much, but for me, uh, I see a Sydney relocation to Perth, yeah. and I see that team being the, the Cronulla Sharks. So sorry, Sharkies fans, Don't but um, I've been saying that for a little <laughs> while. So. Do you think the NRL taking a state of origin game this year will help the push for Perth? 
Oh, look, the, the I, I think it can't hurt the push for Perth. I think we're going to see a packed house there. It'll be interesting to see, or if we find out the makeup um, of the audience, is it Sydney, Brisbane, or New South Wales, Queensland, people that have come over to watch the game? Are there locals there? I think we know a lot of locals have bought tickets already, so that's a good thing. Mate, we can talk about the Western Force, the former rugby union club that's that's no longer there, so it's opened up that market. Yeah. Um, I think Perth's sustainable, man. Uh, rugby league was already the most watched sport in Australia last year. If we can open it up to a new market in, in Western Australia as well, then it's just going to be bigger and better things. So let's put the Perth... Sharks on the shortlist. You yep, happy with Perth, Perth Sharks? Sharks? Perth Sharks from the shortlist. Mate, okay, the next one is New Zealand too. Which is also similar to Brisbane. I think like the same reasons I like New Zealand is the same reasons I like Brisbane. Yep. Such a big market. They've got talented juniors like all over the country. Yeah. Crazy. And Warriors at the moment are just you look at all the junior Warriors teams have dominated for years. Yeah. It's a, they can't do it in first grade. Can't, but. can't move to first grade, but I think a lot of them probably feed out to other clubs yep. by the time they hit NRL. Yep. I think if you have two New Zealand-based teams there, it keeps more natural talent in the country. Yep. Um, I think it's good, to be honest. Are you thinking Wellington or, say, like a Christchurch or like Canterbury sort of area? In the I've South actually Island? been to Wellington for rugby league, a rugby league tour, yep. and they really love their footy there. I think it's awesome. Really? Yeah. Okay. Love it. Uh, we were only 16-year-old kids and we were getting people not – Thousands of people, but big crowds, bigger than your normal just home ground crowds. Mate, did they have iPhones back then? No iPhones. Okay, <laughs> just checking. <laughs> but okay, that's interesting because I, I've sort of heard that the Wellington sports crowd can be a little bit hit and miss. Um, so, but so for me, I've always thought like Christchurch or that Canterbury area, South Island, could bring. I, I think know. the Crusaders just dominate that area yeah, too much, though, and I think they've like they've had players like Sonny Bill, they've dominated for years and I think it might be a bit hard to pull that fan base away. Fair enough. Well, let's put let's shortlist Wellington. Um, one other thing, I guess I've always thought that it would be nice for the Warriors to win a grand final before a second New Zealand <laughs> team come in. But look, I don't, that, that doesn't, that's neither here nor there for me. Mate, uh, who, who do you want to Keeping look at? Keeping out next? of Australia, Cubs, yep. I'll put PNG to you. What do you think? Yeah, Papua New Guinea, that's a good one. Port Moresby. Um, Obviously, the most passionate rugby league fans in the world. I don't um, think there's a better sight than seeing that stadium packed out there watching the game of footy. It's crazy. Everyone running onto the field afterwards as well. Look, I think they're obviously very passionate. They'd love to have a team in the NRL. Um, I think if we're going to be – I think the three that we've already mentioned get the nod ahead of, Papu, of a Papua New Guinea team. I, I don't like always agreeing with you, but I'll have to agree with you there. I think further down the track yeah. potentially – but at the moment, I think what the PNG are doing in the Queensland Cup is I don't think we try and push that any further just for, for now. 100%. Well, they need to grow at that level. They need to start developing players, feeding them through the rest of the competition and other competitions around the world. Um, but as a country as well, economically, in terms of like nutrition and all those sorts of things, I think there's a lot of room for development for that country. I think rugby league can play a big role big there as well. Um, but I do think... We're probably a few decades away from Papua New Guinea. Look, we could see it. We could see it, and I wouldn't be unhappy I if, we, if we did. Um, but I just think there's other priorities. Um, maybe when we get to 20 teams that we, we can be thinking about, aside from Port Moresby. Mm -hmm. So let's take Papua New Guinea off. Yeah, the I'm going to agree with you there. 
mate. Uh, just up the road from Sydney, our Central Coast. We know the Bears are keen to get back into bears the comp. Now, the only thing I'm keen about the Central Coast is because they would be the Bears, to be <laughs> yep. honest with you. Yep. I don't love the idea of the Central Coast. I never really have. I just think, I don't know, I don't think there's a big enough fan base and stuff like that up there. I just, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion on it, but I just, I don't think it's big enough to be an NRL force. Yeah. If you look at the Mariners and stuff like that, they've always struggled for crowds. Yep. I know it's a terrible game, soccer, but I think they're oh, just... Some people like it. <laughs> don't say that. I just think they'll struggle for crowds and stuff like that, and I don't think it's going to be sustainable. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, again, I think I agree with you. It might be boring for the listeners, two blokes sitting in a car agreeing with each other. But, um, mate, I, I do agree. Look, it, might, it would be nice, um, but I think as long as there are so many Sydney clubs and New South Wales clubs, I don't think uh, Central Coast makes the cut ahead yeah, of some of those other things that we've mentioned. Mate, uh, last one, Adelaide. Adelaide. Did this one feature much on the questions we asked? Not many people wanted it. I think more people wanted a team in Tasmania than Adelaide. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. We've obviously seen the Rams in the past. Um, I think they had, look, they had potential at the start, but due to lack they of success, very they sort of died. I think that kind of hurt them big time. They definitely died out. I don't know if the market's big enough to really be considered. Um, yeah, I've still got to. I've still got to say that the three we mentioned earlier are stronger. It's not that I don't like the thought of Adelaide. But I think the three we mentioned at the start, Perth, Wellington and the second Brisbane team are all stronger. Yeah, it's funny. I think to be a true national competition, Adelaide needs to be there eventually. But, Jake, I think we can agree. Uh, 18 teams, but there's going to be three three new areas. So, And it might not necessarily be in this order, but Perth Sharks uh, relocating from Cronulla and maybe the women's, uh, the NRLW leading the way to open up the Perth If the ladies for us. were to lead the way to Perth, yep. do you, would you run with Greenberg's um, idea of two new teams or would you just add the one because it's the women? Uh, the the NRLW, it should be two new teams when they expand. Yep. So if we're going to talk NRLW expansion, and that's a really good point, I would go a Perth team um, and then I'd be probably looking at either North Queensland or Newcastle yep. as, as as the next team. Um, but look, that that I think two and then two again. And then just, yeah, I think it's just see how it goes. Definitely. So Perth Sharks, uh, followed by a second Brisbane team, which we think may be Redcliffe Dolphins. Hopefully. And uh, a second New Zealand team coming out of Wellington. That sounds strong. Sounds I, I, strong. I think that's the only one we didn't agree with. I would go South Island. You would go South but Island. De- but definitely a second New Zealand team. And, mate, I think that would be a pretty awesome NRL competition. No complaints there. Mate, why don't we move on to Super League? Let's do it. All right. Super League's a tricky one. It could go so many ways. It could go a million different ways. There's there's 12 teams, obviously, in the Super League, but you've got teams in the Championship, uh, teams in the League One. So some of our discussion here could involve clubs in those lower divisions looking to move up. It could involve completely new clubs coming into the Super League or those lower divisions. This could go anywhere. Um, let, let's agree on a number first. So there's there's 12 Super League teams. What should they be aiming for? 14, 16? 20. I don't should... think 20. Again, 20 is too many. <laughs> um, look, uh, 16 would be okay. I'd probably lean more towards 14 just because strength of the competition. Yeah. But I'll, I wouldn't be against 16 either to see the Super League grow. But I'm going to say 14. Okay, let's say 14. Let's talk about a few expansion areas once again. 
and let's see how they go. Um, okay, I'm I'm going to start with they're already in in the championship, but we want to see them in the Super League. Toronto, I think everyone wants to see them. Yeah. Toronto Wolfpack. Do we even need to? I don't even think we need to expand. Everyone wants them there. They've got the star power. They've got the backing. They've got a fan base. I think it just needs to happen. Everyone wants them there except a couple of people from Northern England who would prefer uh, <laughs> yeah. their, small, their small town teams. Look, Toronto Wolfpack, I think we can put them on our short list, definitely. 100%. Uh, do, same with Toulouse. Is it even a discussion? Like, do we want a second French team in I the Super I would love League? a French team. And I think Toulouse have earned the right. They've been in championship for a few years now. And I think they're really if – they, if they earn promotion, I think it's well-deserved. Toulouse on our short list, no questions asked. Yep. Uh, I'm going to put these two together. So we've got um, some huge cities – in the Northern England, uh, that aren't traditional rugby league heartlands, though. Uh, Liverpool, who we've heard a little bit about lately f- yep. through Marwan Kukash, wanting to start a club there, and uh, Manchester, both very much soccer or football Downs, cities, yep. but they're big cities. They're potentially big brands. Um, what do you think? Now, if you were to go a new team in either of them, yep. would you start a new club or would you uh, try and push one of the clubs that already exist? That's the tough question, I guess. There's always been talk when Marwan Kukash owned Salford, there was always talk about rebranding them as the Manchester Devils, Manchester City Devils or something yep. like that. Um, same thing with Liverpool. There was talk when when Widnes were falling over, do they relocate to Liverpool? Um, I think in this case, I'd like to see clubs starting from scratch yep. and working their way up through the system. Uh, and if they get to the top, they fucking deserve it. Yeah, I also think it, it because there's so many of the little clubs around, like these big cities. Yeah, I think if you pick one and promote them, yeah, you don't really grab the rest of the fan bases because, for example, if you put Sheffield up, York City's not going to care about the Sheffield team. Yeah. Whereas if you put them under a new brand, give that city something to strive for. Yeah. They might all get behind it. That's them. true. Like you couldn't. What like obviously St Helens very close to Liverpool. Do you call them the Liverpool Saints? and just make them the biggest club in rugby league, that could be awesome. But is a Wigan fan down the road going to support the Liverpool Saints? I doubt it. No fucking way. <laughs> so I guess that's why, uh, yeah, we're starting these ones from scratch, let them work their way to the top and, and see what happens. Um, there's some other big clubs in, in northern England as well and further down to the middle of England. So you've got your Sheffield, your York City Knights, you've got the Bradford Bulls that would love to break back in and you've got the Coventry Bears as well. I think they're all in the same boat. I think they're in the lower leagues. If they can work their way up, uh, that would be it. fantastic. Big cities, Sheffield, um, York, like there's some big cities there. Um, so, you know, you want to get you want to get those dots on the map, I suppose. Um, so love to see them doing better. I'm going to throw another one out to you that's out of the country. I'm going yep. to throw New York. I've got a personal preference for this team. Well, uh, everyone wants yeah, New everyone York. everyone wants New York. <laughs> We're all waiting an announcement still, but I, I think this is a big one, New York. I think if, if we can tap into that American market, even though it's through the Super League, they're still going to be behind Rugby League and it's only going to bring more and more benefits for the game. Like we've we've spoken about it. For, for episodes. And there's, I there's to, nothing even there yet. I spoke, to, about I spoke to Nate Gladden in episode seven. We had a whole segment dedicated to what this team could be um, and still we haven't heard anything. There's actually, the Howland Hour boys touched on it earlier as well. There's a lot of, of potential areas that are starting to pop up from USA and Canada. You've also got Jacksonville, 
Uh, you've got Boston. You've got Hamilton. There's there's plenty there. If New York wasn't to work, I think the next uh, American team would lean towards Jacksonville. They've been they've dominated USARL for years. They've got a good setup there, good facilities. I think if New York were to fail in their bid, I think the next team up is Jacksonville. Hundred percent. I think the only problem, like I would love to see all of these clubs coming through. The question is, how difficult is it going to be if they start in League One? Because you've got they'll be playing amateur teams. These are guys that work during the week. They train a couple of nights a week. How are they going to get time off to fly over and play in New York and Jacksonville and Boston and yeah, and, and clubs tough. like that? It's going to be tough. So I think I think we need to look at these clubs seriously. I think at the very least we could be thinking about or, or giving a license to New York and Jacksonville. Like you said, they've got development. They've got a fan base. They, they are the heart of rugby league in America, that's for sure. Um, and if they're coming in, come in at the championship level and see if they, see can, if they can gain promotion. Yeah. I agree. Let's shortlist them for champion level, yeah, championship level. Not for Super League just but yet. But not for Super League just yet. Um, the other one for me is Newcastle Thunder. I'll talk about them a little bit. So they're a League One team at the moment. Uh, northern, northeast part of England, um, not typically a heartland of rugby league, but they are doing some wonderful things. And I think it's only a matter of time that they work their way up into the Super League as well. I'll throw one that's a bit left field out to you. What about a team from Wales? Yeah, well, same sort of deal. So you've got the North Wales Crusaders and the South Wales Raiders uh, in the League One. Potentially, you've even got sides like or clubs like the Cardiff Blue Dragons that are playing in in the South, uh, the South Division as well, the Division Four. Um, there's plenty of development and action going on in in Wales. We touched on it last week as well in the Golden Points. Um, I think it makes. I think Wales is a couple of steps behind France, so it would be great to see a team or two eventually in the Super League from Wales. And I think slow and steady. I think they'll get there eventually, as well. Um, the other one, uh, if we're going around the UK, is Dublin. So we've heard rumours about the Dublin Blues. People were excited about that towards the end of last year. There was a little bit of whispers going on. Um, I don't know if they're quite there yet. I don't know if if Ireland. Is quite ready. Yeah, they've always been one of them teams that kind of I don't know. You would like them to do well in rugby league, but I've seen I seem to feel that they're better at rugby union. I think if Wales is behind France, then Ireland is certainly behind, behind Wales. Wales. Makes so, sense. So that's one thing. Mate, I'm going to throw a big smoky your way. Yep, hit me. Red Star Belgrade. Mate, would love it for championship. <laughs> I think. Look, at the moment they're in the Balkan Super League. They're dominating. They're they're beating teams by 30, 40 points every week. They're winning every trophy available. I think they need to make the next step. I know logistically it's probably hard, travel terms stuff like that. But I think they definitely deserve a chance to move into the championship. I think we'll see that it's not ready yet. But if they keep. Um, contesting in the Challenge Cup, and yep. working their way up through there, winning a few games. I think they'll start to be thought about a bit more seriously. They definitely need better competition. Uh, I think that's through the the sort of Southern English uh, and Welsh divisions, uh, yep. fourth division sort of stage. I think they could be sort of mid-level in that tier um, and that would help them improve. Uh, they're in it for the long term. They'll work their way up eventually. The funny thing is by the time they work their way up to Super League, Super League could look completely different. Different to what it is now. Like, I think that with the NRL, it's set in stone. This is it. Let's add some clubs. 
But with the Super League and Europe in particular, all this action happening in the Balkans, all of this improvement in Wales, all of this improvement in France, like we could potentially see, you know, the French elite one elevate to more of a championship sort of level yep. and they could start feeding more teams from places like Italy. You could see that. I know that, you'd love to see it. Oh, well, I had, I had to mention Italy. <laughs> had to mention Italy. But even like the Welsh division could elevate to like a League One level and start to introduce Balkan teams like Red Star Belgrade. I think I think there's... It's exciting times ahead. It is Europe. really exciting. Um, so we could talk about this all night. I think if we're going to go 14 teams in the Super League, um, tell me if you agree, we elevate Wolfpack and Toulouse. I think it makes the most sense. And the rest of them can fight for promotion and relegation. I agree. Mate, we agreed with a lot there. <laughs> I'm going to ask you something. Yeah. Out of the, the well, how many have we picked? We've picked five teams over the NRL and Super League. Yep. Which do you think is more realistic chance of happening? That's a good question. Look, Toronto and Toulouse are very realistic because all they have to do is win the, win championship, the championship and then win a match against whoever comes last in the Super League. So that's incredibly realistic. As for the NRL side of things, um, I think they're all pretty realistic, mate, to be honest with you. It just depends on when. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna find out the plan for expansion in the NRL at the end of this year. So there's gonna be a plan. Uh, Todd Greenberg will will give us something. Um I get the impression that he's waiting for a Sydney club to move to Perth, though. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, they'll look at all options, pick the best ones, and, um, you know, hopefully I think – but I think our spread is probably the way to go. Definitely agree. Guys, if you have your opinions, feel free to reach out to us on social media. We, we threw the question out there over the weekend to get your thoughts. We had a lot of different opinions as well. But if you want to join the conversation. Get a discussion. Yeah, going. get a discussion going. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Um, let us know where you think these teams could be. But, Jack, we've wanted to talk expansion for a long time, episode 15. <laughs> Finally. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it again, you know, especially towards the end of this year. Uh, when some decisions are made in the NRL in particular. Especially if Toronto or Toulouse have a big game coming up. That'll be sensational. So, guys, hope you enjoyed that one. And uh, there's just one thing left to do tonight, Jakey. That's the Golden Points. Golden Points, your favourite part. Jake, this segment is what gets the most feedback during the week. People reaching out, telling us they love this part. I've even had people, comp- like, tagging us in things and direct messaging us on social media awesome. saying, "Get here's a golden point for the show this week, boys. Like, like It's fantastic. You guys, feel free to reach out to me. I'm yet to have more than carbs. So well, if you want to send a few golden points this way. I do have an advantage. <laughs> we do go one for one until one of us runs out. Uh, so, so let's do it. But, yeah, please keep sending them in, guys. If you're from a club, if you're from a nation, anywhere that's developing, give us your golden points and we'll share them here in this segment. Jake, I'm going to kick it off this week. I think it's the best option. Mate, uh, Challenge Cup round three happened. A few episodes ago, I flagged a couple of games which featured expansion clubs, which I wanted to, which I was very keen to, to see. Um, those games happened. Newcastle Thunder, they won 48 to nil over the West Wales Raiders. Um, they're playing again in League One next week, so it might be another tough week for the Raiders, but Newcastle Thunder, they go through to round four of the Challenge Cup. The other one was North Wales Crusaders, they beat the London Scholars 31 to 18. And I believe that until we see Catalan in round six of the Challenge Cup, 
North Wales are the only non-English team left. That's impressive. So and shocking, to be honest. Nope. I didn't, didn't expect that school. Good on them for getting there. Um, obviously, round four, uh, the draw will come out soon. Twelve championship teams will join in on the Challenge Cup at that stage. So that's pretty much all of the championship teams, with the exe- exception of Toronto and so Toulouse. It's definitely start to get more interesting. It, shit is about to hit the fan. <laughs> Uh, so it's all happening in the Challenge Cup. Jake, your turn. Golden point, what do you got? So my first golden point, Cubs, it's NRL-based, but it involves an English halfback. That's so fine, man. I'm going to go with it. Uh, so George Williams has signed with Canberra on a three-year deal, begins next season. Now, you were calling for this a few weeks ago. You rated him very highly. Oh, I was calling for it. I'm not going to say that I'm the first that was calling for it. I've heard guys like Jamie Soward talk about him all the time. I think Andrew Johns rates him highly as well. But um, especially from what we, what we saw during um, the World Club Challenge against the Roosters. I think there's potential there. I don't think he's the greatest halfback in the world, but, mate, if Ricky Stewart's coaching him next year, then I think he can get the best out of him. Really interesting, man. There's going to be five English players in that Canberra head side. It's a weird connection, but it continues to happen. They almost have more English players than teams in the Super League. It's it's impressive. (laughs) But... um, Look, I think I think it's going to serve them well, and very excited to see Jordan. They don't have an established halfback at the moment, so I think he's going to help them. Yeah, I think so as well. So that's a good golden point, mate. Well, golden point for me, um, and this is one of the ones where some guys from Turkey they reached out uh, and they told us about this last week. So the Turkey Rugby League nines happened over the weekend. We saw ten entertaining games, and if you go to the Turkey Rugby League Facebook page, I might put some links up in the show notes as well. But they've they've got some footage. It's shot on iPhone, it looks like, but some very crafty attacking players. Pretty interesting to watch. But five teams uh, were involved. The Katakoi Bulls, who are the champions of Turkey at the moment, the Bilgi Badgers, the Aqua Warriors, Olympos, and the Bosphorus Wolves. Uh, Katakoi won first place. They were undefeated throughout the entire tournament. And, um, well, they won the champ- They won the comp last year. They won, no they won the nines. And um, they're going to go on and try and compete in the Balkan Super League this year and be a big player. Jake, golden point for you, mate. What do you got? Back to the international game. So it was announced today that the Australian Prime Minister's 13 men's and women's team will go to Fiji and play at ANZ National Stadium in Suva. Um, they'll be playing test matches for the first – it's the first official – Prime Minister's 13 match in the country. That's fantastic. And that'll be in October this year. We've been we've been craving Some a match in, in, in Suva in Fiji. So this is fantastic. Good on the NRL and the ARLC for committing. To I love that they're taking a women's team as well. Oh, sensational. Yeah. Sensational. Someone asked today on um, on Facebook as well, Adam, who's been listening for a while, he said, uh, will, they, will the Prime Minister's 13 still be playing Papua New Guinea? Um, I don't know the answer to that question but I don't believe so. I, I think that uh, that Great Britain Lions game against Papua New Guinea will sort of take its place yep. uh, on the Prime Minister's side. Good to see him over in Fiji. I think it's going to be fantastic. That's another good one, Jake. Back to you, Cubs. Mate, uh, we spoke about it a few weeks ago, and uh, the, the the Indian Jungle Cats. It's one of my favourite names in the game. Right, they're playing Colombia. It's The dates have been confirmed, so it's going to be July 13. Uh, it's the first Indian rep side to ever play rugby league. So baby steps, but, mate, exciting news for, yeah, for the Indian so. team. Um, the match will be played in Australia. We think it'll be Queensland, most likely Brisbane, um, and we can expect squads to be named soon. The Indian side will, will be made up of heritage and expats uh, from Australia and New Zealand and apparently a couple of players from the USA as well. 
Now that I've, I've mentioned the NRL earlier, I'm going to switch to the Super League now. Okay. So there's been some positive news about the Super League. They've released some numbers on the game compared to this time last year. Oh, yeah. I saw this too. And it's all pretty positive. TV audiences are up by 25%. Huge. Average crowd attendance is at 9,185, which is the highest in five years. Great news for Super League. And you can see that they're starting to make a digital footprint, which continues to grow. And this is great news. And we saw some some positive figures from the NRL last week as well. So not quite as high, but TV audiences grew by about 1% or 2%. Uh, crowd figures have grew slightly as well. Digital footprint continues to grow like crazy. They 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 recorded a profit of like forty eight million dollars or something like that. So for anyone that says rugby league is dying, you just need to look at these figures to the see that that's not that's not true. I think it's the most exciting time for the game, and that's going to bleed into the international game as well. We hope that's a good one, Jake. Uh, golden point, mate. Moving over to Greece. So you, you love hearing about this one, mate. Always but love Greek. Thanks to, to Stuart McLennan. Again, good friend of the show. He reached out and gave me this one. So Greece, they've selected a 20-man squad in preparation for their World Cup qualifier against Norway, which will happen in London in May this year. So a um, couple, of, couple of points to mention. So Jordan Meads from the Berowa Bulldogs in Queensland. He's a former New Zealand Warriors junior. He'll captain the Greek side. Um, they've got but they've got 15 players that come from the Greek domestic league. So that's awesome. That's fantastic. F- five from Aris, five from the Rhodes Knights as well, and and then five from the other clubs. Um, special mention to the- Thedoris. I'm going to get this wrong, so sorry, <laughs> mate. Thedoris uh, Nian Nianartis. So he's uh, from the from the Aris Eagles side, and astonish astonishingly, mate, this bloke only picked up. The oval-shaped ball for the first time eight months ago. And he's in the national side. Here he is representing Greece. That's so impressive. Very exciting times, and um, we're, we're expecting the Norway side to be named soon as well. So I saw that they've got a trial match against Ireland or some Irish domestic players coming up soon. So that'll be interesting to see how they go. And uh, looking forward to that match in May. Let's go Greece. Uh, next one, I'm going to join a bit of International and Super League. Yep. So the Leeds Rhinos have announced a partnership with the newly formed Nigerian Rugby League. Very cool. They are willing to help establish coaching clinics in the African nation. So I think this is positive news, all good news for Nigeria at the moment. Yeah, fantastic. And I think it might open up some some pathways in the future for some young Nigerian talent into the Super League. So that's going to be fantastic. I, I won't claim this as a golden point, but I have heard that uh, the fourth Nigerian domestic team will be announced uh, in the coming days. So, mate, we can expect that. Maybe I'll take that golden point next week. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> mate, like you need help. <laughs> mate, golden point. So let's go back over to Fiji. So Vodafone Cup uh, round four happened over the weekend. And there's three out of the 15 teams, there are three undefeated teams remaining. So the current champions, the Ravaravo. Rabbitohs, try saying that three times fast. Uh, the Nadira Panthers and the newest club, the West Fiji Dolphins as well. Interesting one over there. So they had the Battle of the Storms. So I love when this happens. That's awesome. The West Coast Storm beat the Suva City Storm. <laughs> so the Storm defeated the Storm 22-14 to 14 over in Fiji, similar to um, to the New South Wales Cup where you've got the Western Suburbs Magpies and the Wentworthville Magpies. <laughs> so you've got to love that. 
The Storm beat the Storm. What a cracker. I'm going to push the New South Wales Cup now, actually, that you mentioned. Mate. Okay, good segue. So they've got a naming, a new naming rights sponsor. Yep. So it's the Canterbury Apparel brand. They've jumped on board, and surprisingly now, the New South Wales Cup is called the Canterbury Cup, which is a little bit odd to me. The Canterbury Cup New South Wales featuring the Canterbury Bankstown well, Bulldogs. It's a little bit odd, but... It's going to be interesting. I think they announced also that the next five grand finals will be played at Western, the new uh, stadium at Western Sydney. Um, And look, for anyone that's a little bit nostalgic, wants to see rugby league played the way it used to be, uh, this is where it's at for you. Uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs are going to be playing seven games at Redfern. You've got the Newtown Jets, the Western Suburbs Magpies, and North Sydney Bears. Uh, Mate, if if you want some nostalgia... Canterbury Cup, New South Wales. Check it out. All right, Jake, Golden Point. And we promised some Chile news for Ricky Cancino, who uh, helped write and record our original new theme. Which is awesome. Mate, fantastic. Ricky, listen up, buddy. So we mentioned it last week, but we had what I've I've dubbed the Super Bowl of the Chilean (laughs) Rugby League. So the champions of the Northern Conference from last year, the Antofagasta Toros, they played the champions of the Southern Conference, the Mariman side. Um, this game, Jake, you would never guess the score. Close or blowout? It was it was a close blowout. Okay, if that's that's the <laughs> so best way to describe it, game. mate. At full time, forty points all. Wow! Extra time, Mariman take the win, and they didn't go for the field goal. Not sure if there was post actually. <laughs> 44 to 40 in the Chilean Super Bowl. So their their respective competitions will start again in the next few months. But um, be looking forward to that. There's some great footage online as well. Uh, We might get a link to that one for you. Um, Helps if you understand Spanish because the commentator, (laughs) fantastic. I don't know anything. I don't know what he said. Don't understand any of it. So we should try and get the watch the game with Ricky. We should get Ricky to uh, translate for us and... (laughs) We'll see how we go. But great work over there in Chile. Very exciting stuff. My next golden point actually comes from our good mate, Nate Gladden. Oh, yep. So he announced on Facebook Live that he was talking about the Carolina Nines. Yeah, I'll be on soon. Plenty of exciting stuff. He's announced that the the tournament will also feature a women's side of the tournament, which I think is very good news. Yeah, that's really cool. The first thing of its kind, like there's been no real women's rugby league over in the States. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to grow we saw soccer sort of really pick up some steam over there through the women's game. Yeah. Um, so, look, I think great opportunities for rugby league if they can get the ladies playing in America as well. Um, You've got a link as well, don't you? Well, the- yeah, if you want more information on this, you can always check out Nate's Facebook page. He's put up a live video. Hopefully it's not – it might be down by the time this goes live, actually. But you can also go to the carolinanines.com. So it's Carol- C-A-R-O-L-I-N-A 9S. So check it out if you want to find out more. There's plenty going on, and I'm sure there'll be more and more uh, as the weeks go past. Mate, I want to talk about um, uh, a report that I read on serbiasport.net. Um, so we spoke. I spoke last week about the big all-in brawl in the Super Cup match between Red Star Belgrade and Partizan. Uh, serbiasport.net have reported that suspensions have been handed out for this one. Now, I had to translate this one from Serbian to English. So <laughs> <laughs> look... I hope I've got it right, but from what I can understand, so the big front rower who started the fight uh, punched uh, Brandon Anderson in the head three times after after a tackle. His name is Dusan um, Milutinovic. Uh, he's been suspended for four matches. It's pretty light, really. <laughs> it seems like too. I thought the same thing at first, but 
they don't play 25 rounds like we do in the NRL so or 30 rounds that. in the Super League or whatever it is there. They, they probably play, you know, they might play, that might be half a season yeah. almost for four games. So it seems like, but it's it's actually quite a bit. Uh, some of his teammates, Dragon uh, Jankovic, out for two for his involvement in the fight and a series of players are out for one match. So uh, Boban Jankovic, um, David Jazari, Mikalo <laughs> Stodjo, this is this is the part that you've been looking forward to, Jack Stolajokovic, Branko Karapic, Lodovic's, and Vladimir <laughs> Milontovic. So they're all missing one game. Uh, it wouldn't be golden points if I didn't uh, stuff someone have a few. Tongue you are getting better, though. I'll give you that. Well, not not for this one, mate. Let me tell you. Over on the Red Star side, so a couple of players missing out on one game as well. So here we go: uh, Vuk Stabrak, uh, Elijah Kerstich. Uh, Velibor Zorkovic, mate. I hope I'm getting some of these <laughs> nearly right. Stefan Nedeljkovic. I think I got that one right. That's a good one. Stefan Nedeljkovic. Sounds good, mate. Um, the American Jamil Robinson. Uh, three matches. Three games. He actually wasn't playing this game. He came on from the off the bench uh, to get so involved. He was always going to be in big trouble. So right? three games. I think from from my interpretation of of the article. This is a big one too. So the Aussie coach and Serbian selector Brett Davidson, he came on, he came off uh, from the, the sidelines as well. I think he's been he's out for the season. Really, I think he's been suspended for the season, from what I can see. Now, like I said, I hope I've translated these correctly. Uh, all punishments have an eight-day right of appeal, so we'll let you know if anything comes out of there. But um, look, Some these pretty are, heavy. Well, these are the two best clubs in Serbia. Uh, and uh, whoever's playing them next up might have a little bit of little more bit of, of a chance. chance. <laughs> so, Jake, what else have you got for golden points, mate? Mate, I'm running low. This is my last one, so I hope you haven't got many left. Oh, mate, I think I've got one or two. So we got Papua New Guinea played their first Queensland Cup game this season. They're actually held scoreless. They went ten nil. They went down ten nil to the Tweedhead Seagulls. Now it was a tight game. It was nil all at, at half time. And Tweedheads just pulled away in the second half. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how the PNG Hunter go this year. We know they've lost a lot of players that have gone through to Queensland Cup and English sides as well. So it's pretty much a rebuild year for them. Um, they were a solid side last year. So They were. They were. But look, I think look, they need to unearth some new talent. It will happen over time. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to be the force that they have been. Yeah, uh, in, in previous years. But hopefully they can build up to something special in the years to come. All right, mate. Well, I think I've won again. I've got one more golden <laughs> point. Surprise me. Got one more golden point. And look, I may be biased, but I love it when Italian clubs get big wins, mate. <laughs> so um, the Saluzzo Northwest Roosters, they beat the uh, St. Stevie side from in the Federal East Division in France. Yep. They won 34-26. to 26. The reason this was such a big deal the St. Estevi side was coming second, uh, whereas the Saluzzo Roosters were coming fifth so out of six upset. teams, which is second last. So quite an upset. Uh, the Roosters were absolutely pumped to win this game. This was one of the ones where a couple of the players reached out to me to let me know. And so I thought, obviously excited about it. You had to throw it in. I had to throw it in. Go th- loving seeing the Italian clubs doing well. Jake, mate. I think that's it for that's golden it. points this week. What do you reckon? That's pretty good. Fantastic. Our favourite, uh, favourite, favourite, everyone's favourite segment. We'll be back with it next week. And uh, mate, let's uh, let's wrap this show up. Well, Jake, we've done it again, mate. Thanks for recording this one with me. I've had an awesome chat with you. 
pleasure, man. It's good to be back. Mate, good to have you back. And hopefully we can get Charlie Monty back with us next week. Um, it's you been may, a while. You may remember him four episodes ago. <laughs> He's been pretty busy lately. I forget what he looks like. It'll be good to get him back. Yeah, I, I look, my favourite episodes are the ones with all three of us. So hopefully we can get that happening soon. But, look, we'll be back next week. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. As always, thank you to Mascord Browns, our affiliate sponsors. So we've got a link in our show notes. If you buy from that affiliate link, any rugby league gear from Mascord Browns, then a little piece of the action comes our way goes to the international clubs and nations as well. Support the people who support International Rugby League, Mascord Browns. Thank you very much. Again, thank you to the guys at Everything Rugby League. Thanks to Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino for our awesome new theme song. You're going to hear the outro at the end of this as well, so fucking rock out <laughs> to that one. Uh, fantastic stuff. Um, Thank Don't you. forget to get behind us on social media, guys. We were on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, get, get on there. Get in the conversation. We love the love little having a discussion. the little community that is building up there at the moment. Still, still early days, but we're getting bigger and bigger every week. So let's talk rugby league together, guys. During the week, keep sending in your golden points. Keep giving us news. Um, share, share, subscribe, rate our show as well. Tell your friends about us. Um, I can't believe. I'm just so amazed by the wave of support that we've got. And we're 15 episodes in. I feel like we've been doing it. I feel like we're almost pros. I can't believe we're 15 in. <laughs> I can, man, I can't either. It's been such a fun ride. The conversations I've been having with you guys on social media is amazing. Let's keep growing this game together and let's keep talking about International Rugby League. Jake, is there anything you want to say to wrap this up, buddy? Just the usual. Fuck you, Nagati. Fuck you, Nagati. <laughs>